I did not anticipate the Chicago White Sox losing to the Colorado Rockies with Dylan Cease on the mound, but that's exactly what happened on Wednesday. The White Sox lost to the Rockies 3 to nothing on Dylan Cease Day. Uh, nobody told the Rockies to just roll over and uh, let us have this one. And if they did, Colorado did not listen. It was a disappointing loss for the White Sox, but they need to wipe it from their memory because all the focus needs to be on the Cleveland Guardians. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Morowski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast. Uh, just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Locked On White Sox is part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Lots of White Sox conversations to be had here as the Sox lost to the Rockies on Wednesday and have a must-win situation on their hands in Cleveland. Uh, to help me talk all things White Sox, I'm very excited to be joined by my good friend and co-host of the weekly White Sox podcast, Good Guys Talk Back, uh, Pat Hester. Uh, welcome to Lockdown White Sox. Nick, it's good to talk to you, buddy. Uh, the budgets must be getting low. End of the season, you bring in me, so that's that's good. I, I appreciate that, that you kept me on retainer, uh, and I was really excited to uh, join you today until the White Sox played. You are uh, you are here to maybe calm me down or, or maybe get me fired up. I, I don't know, because this is such a big win here uh, on Thursday. Uh, State of the Sox, 73-70. and 70. Four games back in the AL Central, chasing the Cleveland Guardians. 19 games left. Uh, Sox, uh, under the leadership of Miguel Cairo, 10-5 and five with a plus 31 run differential. Uh, Sox lost to the Rockies on Wednesday, 3-0. We'll start there, but we're definitely going to focus on uh, this Cleveland game coming up. Uh, Cease, uh, you know, he kind of reverted back to... Uh, some some old ways, uh, five innings, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, eight strikeouts, 107 pitches through five innings, Pat. Was this a situation uh, of, of, you know, the White Sox maybe just looking too far ahead into the future to Thursday, uh, you know, or, or, or are they now flat? Are they back to how they were before? You know, just when we think we have this team figured out, Nick, they they uh, they changed the narrative once again. It was interesting with Cease today because, again, he had been, even though his walks have been relatively high, 
for for as successful as he been has been this year. You know, he's been able to pitch around things, get a double play when he needs it. So it hasn't really, you know, he hasn't been complete cease where it's like innings just blow up on him. Today was the one of the worst uh, games I've seen him pitch really this year, just in terms of, you know, that, that first inning, uh, bases loaded and able to get out of that inning, but just the, the pitch count piled up. I think he was at 90 pitches through four, if, if memory serves. That's not going to arrest me for any kind of success. So though... You know, he didn't have his best day. I mean, it's he still had to, kept the Sox in the game, right, Nick? It wasn't like they were getting blown out or bludgeoned. So uh, I, I put this loss more on this offense. I mean, you have to score runs if you're going to plan on winning any games. So uh, Cease had an off day. The offense could have picked him up today. He's picked up the offense many a times throughout the year. This could have been a great time for them to return the favor. Yeah. Um, again, we hold C's to such a high standard these days because of the streak he's been on. And, and this kind of start isn't going to help his Cy Young uh, candidacy at all. But you're right. Uh, offense. And, and let's also be honest, the defense didn't help Cease out at all, nor has the defense been helping anybody out all season long. Uh, that has to get figured out like immediately. <laughs> I mean, they 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 can't do that against the Guardians. They they no. cannot do that moving forward if they think they've got a shot still. Uh, bullpen uh, was nice to see four innings of scoreless effort, uh, only one hit, zero walks, seven strikeouts. So that was nice to see. Uh, but Sox offense, man, uh, zero runs, eight hits. 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position. I mean, there were multiple times where they started an inning off, they had a guy on second, uh, and they just couldn't get anything done. That that troubles me, Pat. That that worries me quite a bit. Well, Savala, I think, had probably had the best opportunity yeah. early on in the game with, with a ball that was caught. Uh, in the corner there, which is, you know, unfortunate. And it just seems like you, there was a lot, there were a couple moments today, Nick, it just didn't seem like our day. You, I, I take it from batter number one, when a ball falls between three guys, again, uh, you know, a pop-up that should have been caught uh, a ball or play that's made in the outfield against us, right. Where it's just, we weren't being able to find any green grass or hit the ball all over the, over the fence when we had runners on or move guys over. It's just that continued theme but here's what I'll say is is the positive. And you had talked about earlier maybe pumping you up or <laughs> helping you stay positive. I'll do my best here. We do have a different voice in the dugout that I think maybe can put a little sense of urgency in the team and go, let's let's stop the bleeding right now. Today was just a, a, a blip on on the most recent streak here, or most recent radar. Let's turn things around. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow is the biggest game of the year thus far. We've got three more biggest games of the year coming up. Hopefully they still matter when we get to that point. And, and, and I believe, you know, from all the chatter that you've heard and you've documented on this podcast many a times and talked about it a lot, anybody that's covered this team, people are writing about it. Miguel Cairo has a different voice. And I, if anything else, I trust that Miguel will be able to reach the players, shake them up a little bit, say, let's go. We don't have, we cannot take a day off like that again tomorrow. Tomorrow has got to be it. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's this one game in, in, in Cleveland, which uh, playing in progressive field, Pat is like playing in the old Metrodome mm -hmm. uh, these days. Uh, Cleveland's pesky. They don't seem to match up well against our white Sox team. 
they they know the skills that they have and they use them you know mm-hmm. speed hustle defense sacks you know it feels like they've got one foot in the grave right here and if you're on social media uh which can be problematic at times uh it, it was like a funeral today uh oh, yeah. on wednesday, wednesday i should say for the for the white Sox, and they're four games back they're five back in the loss column you have to win uh, all four games uh, with Cleveland here on out. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it feels a little like 2008. Remember the end uh, yeah. of that? Uh, however, there is no 163. It comes down to uh, the head-to-head records uh, between Cleveland and the White Sox. So uh, let me ask you, you know, if you're a season ticket holder right now, you got uh, you got the communication, you got the emails to, to buy into a, a playoff package and, you know, and any – any tickets that don't go used, you can put that money towards uh, next season's uh, tickets if you're going to be involved. Would you, Pat, I know you're not a season ticket holder, but if you were, would you buy playoff tickets and, and even buy more if you could right now? I I don't know if I'd buy more. I would buy some. I, I mean, I would I, I would make the investment because, you know, it's it still is baseball. If you look at this year and you look at these teams that they've been all year, I think they've proven who they are. You know, the Sox are slightly above 500 team. You know, that's who they are. They've played that way. They've played well at times. They've played, you know, like today at, at, at times as well. And I think Cleveland's the same way. You know, Cleveland, at one point, they were up. Uh, what was their lead in the division when we went through our streak against the Arizona Diamondbacks? Were we Did we fall to... Five we or were six. We were definitely six games. Six out. games yeah. And then they went on, they went on a tailspin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, Cleveland is hot right now. It doesn't mean that they're definitely going to go uh, the other direction anytime soon, but they've got that in them too. We've seen mm-hmm. that from them. This isn't this, these, none of these teams in this division are anything that anybody should be scared of. So whoever wins this division is going to be the, the definite underdog about against whoever they will yeah. play. But I, you're right in your analysis in terms of, you know, we don't match up well. We don't match up well against teams that are athletic, that can steal bases <laughs> and that, that quite frankly, can run it down in the outfield. We just do not match well up well against those teams. And, and uh, Terry Frank- Francona is one hell of a manager. I wish he was still in our organization. He was at one point, you know, long ago, back in the in the nineties. He's he's the one that got away, and we should have tried to get back rather than than Tony Larusa. But it is what it is. And uh, you know, let's just I, I'd say, you know, make the investment in hope, and, and then it goes for next year. It goes for next year. That's fine because I just I just don't believe that Cleveland is all that impenetrable. They're going to lose some games down here. It's going to still be interesting. I don't know if we can get there, but it's still going to be interesting down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, speaking of managers and, and their worth, so to speak, another article dropped focusing on the difference that Miguel Cairo brings to the dugout uh, in this White Sox team. Has Tony Larusa managed his last game? Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Uh, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action of betonline.net, where the game uh, starts. So uh, this there was this Ken Rosenthal uh, article. Uh, this was the latest article uh, to drop. Uh, it was Bob Nightingale a couple days ago for USA Today, and it was Ken Rosenthal on Wednesday with this article in The Athletic, uh, essentially an open letter for Tony La Russa to essentially go away, uh, make the tough decision, and hand the keys over uh, to Cairo. I'm going to give you, Pat, just a couple snippets of this, and maybe we can unpack it a little bit further. Uh, this was uh, towards the kind of the middle of the article, a really interesting uh, article by Rosenthal. Other White Sox people think the team's rash of soft tissue injuries perhaps stemmed in part from the player's lax approach, uh, not always running hard, then asking too much from their muscles in short bursts. Such analysis is purely anecdotal, but the inference was clear. A team takes on the personality of its manager and you did not hold the players to a high enough standard. And then at the very end of this open letter, Rosenthal says, take the noble path, show this is not all about you, make the announcement that just might save the White Sox season. It's Miggy's team now. Uh, Pat, what do you make of some of this from Rosenthal and The Athletic? Well, it's interesting when he talks about the high standard, you know, and and, and equating to injuries. I don't know if that's an interesting one. I, I didn't thought about that uh, in terms of, you know, your injuries or the way that the way that the the manager, you know, pushes guys or not pushes guys. I, I look at the injuries maybe as are they not prepared? And is that all on Tony? I guess everything can be drawn back to the manager. He is in charge after all. Uh, the high standard part, I think, could be completely equated, though, to the defense. Because when you continually let guys make mental mistakes and they're not corrected, it's almost like uh, you put, when we're talking in football terms, when, you know, your offense continues to jump off sides, that's on the coach after a while right? Cause they're not well coached. So that was, that's interesting. I'm not sure I a hundred percent agree with the, uh, the injury piece of it and, and holding guys to a high standard, but I guess I could, I can draw that connection in some way, shape or form. And then talking about, you know, Tony being noble and, and you and I are talking about it before we start recording. It's like, I'm showing up to this party, but nobody wants me there. And, and do you still show up? It's like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to this party. You know, I should be there. I should, all my friends are there, but then your friends at your door at the door say, please don't, we don't really want you here. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We were friends, right? I'm still coming in because I'm, I'm me. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be in a place that doesn't really want me anymore. And there's only probably one person in the entire state uh, that wants you there. And, and that happens to be the owner. It's just a very interesting case. And I don't know if Tony, how much he reads or listens to all this stuff. I, I would imagine he's heard a little bit of it. You know, you can talk all day about I don't read things or I don't listen to that. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But uh, I yeah. have to believe that he knows that the vibe around him nationally is negative. Uh, you and I have been friends for over 20 years, uh, have watched and talked White Sox baseball for just as long. And uh, Reinsdorf has always been a presence uh, with this organization. And we know the type of uh, ego he has and what he feels and thinks about himself. And, you know, we know about Tony La Russa and 
I, I feel like in a way, Pat, this article might do the opposite or these articles, Nightingale and Rosenthal and whatever else is written. And he might uh, say, you know what, no, I'm going to force like like to your point, I'm going to still show up. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Like his, he he can't keep himself away just for personal reasons, despite the fact uh, of what he's doing to this team and this organization, because Jerry says it's OK. So it has yeah. to come from a higher a higher voice. Yeah. You know, well, you have to thing, take the decision out of his hands, Pat. Yeah. But the only thing I could go back to whereas Tony could, you know, take, I don't know if the, what the term was, it high ground or, or the noble, the mm-hmm. noble way and just walk yeah. away. Tony has said uh, after last year, if this team wants me back to manage again, I will manage in terms of the players. That's what he's always said. Now, whether he actually believes that and would act on that is a different story. I think the players have respect for him as a man, as a person, and but they probably don't know what's good for them, right? Nick, you're, you're a father now. Eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to have to discipline your son, and it's going to be because they don't know what's best for them. I, I don't know that Tony knows how to discipline his guys, and and he thinks they know what should be best and they should do the right things, but he should have been like a good father and a good disciplinarian at times and show them the right way instead of assuming they would know. That's not, that's not parenting. That's not teaching. That's not guiding anybody. So yeah, um, yeah I, I don't, I, it'll be interesting. I, I would really like him to just kind of just fade away into the distance. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately think this is going to hang over the heads of the organization and fans and players for a long time. I, I hope I'm proven wrong. Uh, but you know, to your point, it, it's the message that Cairo is putting out there from what we've been told in these articles uh, and from what the players are saying, it's not a new message. It's just a new voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the way Cairo was saying it and and kind of holding people accountable, you know, Liam Hendricks said it best. It's like there's some players here that just have never been told no. And mm-hmm. and you and I have talked a little bit about that in the Good Guys Talk Back podcast, where you know, if you are always the best and you grow up the best and you're the you're the best in every league you go and you travel around and and you're given everything and you're told how great you're going to be always and then when there's some adversity or when things aren't going your way and you have to really actually uh, you know roll up the sleeves and and figure something out uh, and no one holds you accountable yeah, that that could be disastrous in a clubhouse. Yeah. I know exactly what it feels like to be the best and uh, <laughs> always succeed every every moment. Yeah, <laughs> that uh-huh. totally resonates with me. But uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, these guys, some of them need a kick in the pants and some of them be knocked down a little bit and uh, and maybe built back up. I'm not saying they need to be berated or, you know, <laughs> verbally accosted, but, you know, maybe it's maybe it is a situation where you, you, you drop a fly ball or let one fall between you and and you're told to sit down for the rest of the game. Unfortunately, we're probably too late in the season for that to happen from, from that standpoint, because you can't be taking anybody that's the best possible player on the field. They, they need to be out there, but going forward, this organization has got to take a different look. If you're going to keep this, the, the majority of this core together, you know, and, and we know who the majority of the core is, You've got to be able to address them and teach them and push them in a different way than has been done for the past year plus. That's almost two years. You know, is it too little, too late? Thursday's game against the Guardians is a must win. Uh, We're going to tell you if the Sox can bounce back when it really matters. Uh, More on that in a moment. 
Sacks have to completely shift focus, uh, forget about that Colorado Rockies loss on Wednesday and get ready uh, to make a statement. Sacks at Cleveland, uh, 12-10 Central Standard Time. Uh, Lance Lynn uh, has been shifted, of course. Uh, Giolito bumped to Friday in game one of the Detroit series. You've got Lance Lynn, who's been hot lately. Uh, versus Hunter Gaddis for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, you might be saying, who? And I agree. I don't know if I've ever heard of this gentleman before. Uh, he's 0-1 with a 21.60 ERA. Uh, but, Pat, he scares me to death right now. Yeah, the, 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 there's never anybody that you take lightly uh, when you say I've never heard of him before because that's been a recipe for this. There, there have been a couple of things, Nick. You and I should probably write uh, some type of pamphlet of things that scare us when it's White Sox. It's day games, uh, after a night game, any kind of getaway days. You know, those scare the hell out of us. Uh, let's talk about stadiums that scare us. And then we're going to talk about pitchers that have no business even being in the major leagues that have a 20 ERA that uh, other teams would be licking their chops for. But this team, especially with the way this offense can sometimes play, uh, scares us. But um, I, I feel like we have the right man on the bump in this situation. You I like feel that like, move? You like, I do you like, like that move. And, and there was discussion today on the radio that, that I heard. Um, there were some analytics out there with Cease going on six days rest, and, and it, you know, it didn't prove out to be that fantastic. So not that today was good. You know, so it, it didn't really work out in that way. So we will never know if he would have went, you know, on six days rest and pitch tomorrow. But I like the decision to have Cease pitch today and and Lynn go tomorrow just because of what we've seen out of Lance Lynn lately. He is controlling, you know, he throws four or five different versions of a fastball, Nick. And right now he is, he looks like, it, you can just tell when he's on and he's throwing by his body language, that he's feeling it. And he's been feeling it for quite a while. And he's even mixing in curveballs and, and some sort of an off-speed pitch as well. So he's uh, he's the best version of Lance Lynn we've seen all year. And, and you know, big-time veteran pitchers, this is what we pay uh, a Lance Lynn for. That's why we brought him here is for games like this. Yeah, uh, he's um, he's a guy that's got the attitude. He, they talk about the fire and swagger a few weeks ago. And, and you know, obviously we – the fan bases have made a lot out of that from Johnny Cueto. You know, where is the fire? Where's the swagger? Lancelin's been bringing it. I mean, he has been a, a vocal leader and he's been putting up the numbers. So I like the move. Uh, you know, I don't know what that does to Giolito. Maybe that motivates him a little bit. You know, hey, I got to get my act together here. Uh, folks are noticing uh, and uh, he's smart enough to get that if he hasn't already. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to this matchup. I really am. I, I feel like maybe Cleveland's not taking it as serious uh, as we are. But this was uh, this was Elvis Andrews uh, after Wednesday's game. This is what Elvis had to say on the Guardians. Uh, "Quote: They have been playing perfect up until now. Uh, we keep if we keep winning series, we know uh, they're going to crumble the closer we get. Tomorrow is going to be a good game for us to put a statement." After that, go to Detroit and win that series. How about that, Pat? From Elvis Andrews of hey, all you, people, you, you've got nothing to lose, right? And and if it takes an Elvis Andrews to say, "Follow me and let's go," you know, a veteran guy like that, he's 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 definitely been worth his weight in gold since he came over here. He's been, you know, talk about 
uh, unforeseen situations in this 2022 White Sox year with a Johnny Cueto and, and an Elvis Andrews, the guys that have been really, uh, you know, kept our seasons alive. Let's be honest. You know, I'm fine with it. it. It is what it is. If it's bullet board material, it's bullet board material. If it motivates us, that's fantastic. At this point, what does it matter? Just get between the lines and and take our chances. And if we we lose, we put ourselves in a position that we were you know trying to fight back from behind anyway. So you know, go out there swinging and, and give it your best shot. It's such a tough time of the year when when you're in this situation of four games back and you know mid September and you start picking at the games that you could have won. I mean, you could mm-hmm. go to game one. Yeah. Opening day in mm-hmm. Detroit, they let that game go away. You know, it, it's oh, it, it's a bad game to play. I've Don't played it. it. You've played it. Uh, a lot of Sox fans out there have played it. Uh, I've heard about it uh, on Twitter, and and every and every loss that I'm reminded of, uh, whether it's the Arizona, you know, series or uh, games against the Guardians, the Naylor game, I, I can't stomach it. Uh, it, it has to, you have to focus up whatever's happened has happened. And, and Thursday, this game is the game. And, yep. and then Friday will be the game. You, yeah. If you know what I mean? Well, Nick, you've always preached to me, the, the games count just as much in April as they do in September. And I've always preached the, it's a marathon. It's just one game and it's early. Uh, I will not do that anymore as a fan. You've you've converted me (laughs) to your religion. Uh, I I don't know where I have to, if there's a river I have to jump in. But I'm in because, you know, you're right. You look back at any of those games that were were lost or given away. And that you talked about game one on a defensive miscue, mm-hmm. um, you know, that just kind of set up the tone for the entire season of defensive miscues. You know, we've continued to shoot ourselves in the foot and you've got 19, was it 19 games, right? Left 19. After 19, 19 games now to not shoot yourself in the foot. I would put a goal of let's not get more than one error yeah. <laughs> in any of these games. Is that is baseball. that doable? Is, is that well, even doable? It has to be, you know, clean baseball. Uh, you can't give Cleveland extra outs. Lance Lynn has to be uh, sharp in the offense, you know, has to pick up each other. I'm not looking for, you know, you don't have to hit four or five home runs, but you can't go over for 11 with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the time is now, this is the season and survive in advance. That's where we're at right now, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, bro. It's, it's going to be interesting. It'll be fun. It'll be gut wrenching part of the time. I'd like to be, you know, put on ice like captain America and unfrozen in about two weeks and just see where it lies because I don't know if my stomach can take it, but we'll just, uh, we're going to ride this wave like we have for, you know, 150 games so far this year, whatever it is. Pat, uh, I really appreciate you joining me. Pat Hester for uh, co-host of Good Guys Talk Back, the weekly Chicago White Sox uh, podcast. Pat, really appreciate your time, buddy. Nick, thanks for having me. Anytime you need me, or if uh, if you don't have any budget left for a big star, you just let me know. Of course. All right, man. Take care. Go Sox. Go Sox. Folks, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Thanks for making Locked On White Sox your first listen. I'll make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. 
Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I will recap Lance Lynn's outing and hopefully be talking about a White Sox winner. Really appreciate you making time for the Locked On White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Borowski. Until next time, go Sox.